You're listening to a podcast from Burley Heads Church of Christ, from Burley Heads on the Gold Coast. We explore this passage. To be honest, if you've been around Burley, we explore this passage a little bit, especially this time of year. I love to take us back in January as we face that somewhat blank calendar of the year and ask ourselves, what does God have for it? What does God have for you? We love setting goals. We love setting goals for the year. And nothing wrong with that. We love sitting down and um, we might want to lose weight. Um, We might want to get a promotion. We might want to travel more. We might want to save more. All good stuff. Nothing wrong with having goals. We love the new year. It's a great time to look at the blank slate. They're great questions. I guess this morning is kind of a simple invitation as we consider these different questions or plans for our year. In the blur of 2022, just blurring into 2023, and here we are already. I guess I just want to offer some space this morning to take on these words. A bit of an invitation and a bit of a challenge. I'll read it again. Remain in me as I remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. An invitation from God this year to remain in him but also a challenge that you will bear fruit through that if you're obedient to that. Simple but profound question. And so I ask this this morning. Have you asked him? No judgment, not being critical. There's no guilt. They're not trying to lie. Have you asked him though? In the busyness of 2022, just... It's almost February of 2023. Have you asked him what he has for this year? Have you stopped? I know because I'm a pastor, I have, and because I prepared this sermon, and I was convicting myself as I was reading through the scripture, but I kind of cheated in that way. Because I reckon if I hadn't, it's just crazy. Just one month and the next month and all of a sudden it's 2023. The blur of the, the busy worshipping culture we live in. Have you asked him? Have you stopped and said, God, what do you have for me this year? Again, no judgment. I'm not trying to make us feel guilty. Just inviting us to consider, have you asked him? As we stare down the blank slate of 2023, as we acknowledge that every product, acknowledge this, every product, every commercial, every company, they are fighting for your attention. The world is fighting to fill up your 2023 in every way possible. You know this. You have a conversation with someone about um, (laughs) air cons. I was having a conversation yesterday about air cons. And the next minute you look at your phone and there's a commercial for uh, air phones, air cons. The world is all about grabbing your 2023. They want it. They want your attention. They want you asking, do we need a new car in 2023? They want you asking, could we have a bigger house in 2023? Could we go on this trip in 2023? Could we do this? And they're not bad, evil questions, but it wants you to ask them. Netflix wants to ask you, are you still watching? And its answer it wants is yes. Netflix said this. This is an overused quote by me and many preachers, but it's true. Netflix said... Um, in our in our interview, rec- not that long ago, it said our number one competition 
is sleep. Because people stop watching Netflix when they fall asleep on the couch. Other than that, they've got your attention. They're screaming at us. Switch on. Connect. Give us your time. Every device beeping, notifying, just letting you know. That's a polite way to say, hey, just a reminder. Every company this week will sit at their desk and work out new ways to target, try to capture your attention, push their agenda or their product, whether it be a product or political. I've got this picture. Just one more, Mark, because I felt like that was it. I know it's probably a bunch of people waving, (laughs) but I felt like it also, imagine they're not waving and they're grabbing at you. They want your attention. Like, hey there, just can I, like those guys at Stockland's that uh, like, have the little booths in the middle. They get me every time because they compliment the kids. Ah, oh, what a cute couple of little girls. A little boy. Oh, can I interest you in buying a ticket for our, for our prize home? <laughs> Damn it. <You've laughs> I wish you didn't compliment my kids. All right, why not? No, no. Or because I'm polite, I'm like trying to, yeah, yeah, it's horrible. They get me every time. So they're like that. I'm going to get him. That's what, that's what our world is like. Again, not a guilt trip. It's a busy life. Father of three kids and one wife. All rightly screaming provision and time and energy. Even good things. These are good things. I've watched my wife this, this week, and we're all in different stages, so you'll all have your own equivalent to this. My wife this week has been just hunting down books for the kids. New Year. Uniforms. Shoes. Can you imagine? Shoes has been the biggest issue. And it sounds funny unless you're in our age demographic and you're like, I hear you preach. Hunting for a time. And they're good things. Our kids need shoes. Our kid needs books before they go back. I know this afternoon and tonight, Mez will be um, wrapping them. I do a lot of that, so I know the technical lingo. What is it? Covering them. I help. So I help. There we go. So, um, But everything is busy. And I know different age brackets, you have different versions of that but I know there'll be something for you that is busy I just would like this morning to remind us again of this invitation and challenge to take a step back and he says the path to genuine fruitfulness today not one day, today is found through one thing, doesn't mean those other things are bad or evil but it's one priority above all things one good and right thing only one way to truth and the life-giving connection that is jesus and that's remaining in him and so i ask again have you asked him has he said anything to you about this year have you asked him about this month have you asked him what he's got for you today my invitation today is to find out to consider make some time we have this funny phrase in our modern society i'll create some time for that no you won't there's only one person that creates time it's god you will just prioritize and manage the time he's given you so i'm not asking you to create time for him i'm asking you to move something out of the way to deeply consider what he has for you this year. Go for a walk. Pick up a journal. Turn off your device. Dare, for extroverts like me, 
to not make noise, to be silent, in silence. Not silent with a podcast on in the background, not silent with some music, silent and in silence and ask him, what do you got for me this year? Before everybody else, before that crowd grabs a bit of my time. For those who are new here or haven't experienced this or maybe not new but have never actually asked him, you might be wondering, and it's a phenomenal question if you are, what do, what do you mean, Steve? How does he answer? If I'm silent, do I get a fax? <laughs> do I get, is he, that, is he old school? Does he send me a fax? Will I get an email and say, hey there, I can see Charles not picking on you but I am not Charles. But hey Charles, how you going? Thanks for giving me some time. Here's my priorities for you this year. Is that how it works? He sends you an email. They are good questions. Do you hear an audible voice that outlines the goals and the timeline? Hey, March is going to be pretty heavy this year. Make sure you dig into prayer. Um, I mean, he's a God, so he can do what he wants, maybe. If he does that, come let me know. That's awesome. But that's not often how the Bible describes his response or how God moves. In fact, Psalms 119 describes it beautifully, I believe. It's just up here. Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. More often than not, it's an illumination. More often than not, it's a rhythm of being silent and asking and something is a little bit brighter in your life. A door opens. You might receive a word, a theme, a challenge. And as you unpack it, it feels like that one step ahead. You remain in him and he goes, here's where I want you to go next. Frustrating. Oh, it's frustrating for us humans. I would love him to give me a just, <laughs> have we got another COVID coming? What do we got? God, I'd love to know six months to a year, wouldn't you? He doesn't have to tell you guys, just tell me at least. <laughs> so I can be all knowing about what the year, how did he know that? Wow. But no, he doesn't. He just illuminates a little. And I'm glad he doesn't tell me, honestly, because it wouldn't be good for me and it wouldn't be good for us. He wants us to be present with him in the moment. What have you got for me today? What have you got for me this year? A little step, a little piece, a theme. And he also gives us the word of God so we can measure that. Reading the Bible, we know how God, we know what he's going to ask of us. And he also gives us each other. I know community can be difficult, but that's why we're here. So we can say, hey, and I don't say this out of humour, I literally heard this this week, not from this church, but someone felt called to be a street evangelist, so that meant they had to leave their family and wife. That this was somebody, not directly, but a friend of a friend, got spoken to and that person said, do you think that's a good idea? God's told me I need to be a street evangelist, therefore I need to leave my family. Now, if you read the Bible, you'd know God is for your family. Secondly, if you have good, trusted community, they can go nicely. That's the worst idea ever. Keep the street evangelist part, but keep the family as well. That's why we need community. We need to be sharpening each other, correcting each other politely, inviting each other, challenging each other. Not everybody. We don't all need to challenge each other every Sunday. 
but we need to have good, trusted community to say, hey, I'm praying for you and I really feel like that may not be the right direction. Does that make sense? Learn from each other. Ask each other. Share the word you have from God with each other. The theme you've got this year. So that's my first half of this sermon, the invitation. My second half, really clear, is the challenge. The challenge, in a sense, is obedience. So the first thing I want us to consider this year is to ask him. And then the second question is, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do with it? If God speaks, that's really cool, but what are you going to actually do with it? One of my favourite words in the Bible, and I'm going to pronounce it wrong, but it is one of my favourite words, I promise, Shema. or Shema. It's a Hebrew word, and it's actually from the Old Testament. Any time in the Old Testament, or nearly every time it says, Hear this, O Israel, or listen, O Israel, it's this word Shema. It's also an Old Testament prayer, or Jewish prayer, but the word means, listen, yes, obviously, and obey. But in ancient Hebrew, there is no just listen and not obey when it comes to God. It's one thing, listen and do. Follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Follow me and I'll give you rest. Invitation, listen, obey, step out. It's like holding that lamp and then not stepping into it. That's what it looks like to actively remain in him. He says it. John says it. You're good with God. You're saved. You're not earning anything. If you have repented and accepted God, you are good both now and eternally. Dad loves you. You're in. (laughs) Welcome home. Now, being illuminated by that, receiving that, will you walk in that step? Will you take that next step? Will you be obedient to it? It's a choice. You don't have to. This is why it's a challenge. It's an invitation and challenge. Will you listen and then obey? We work against this in modern society uh, because research will tell us that we get the same dopamine hit, which is kind of the drug that like makes us feel good in our body when we've done something. We get a little when we work out, we get a dopamine hit. Sometimes we get dopamine hits from eating badly. When we do something that we like, there's a little dopamine hit. Research tells us that we get a dopamine hit just by talking about what we're going to do. And more and more in modern society, because our psychology is about posting online. So, (laughs) if I think, this year, hey Steve, been eating a little bit unhealthy. Um, This is just pretend, this is my New Year's. (laughs) <laughs> uh, Mez laughs, so it's not pretend. You're being a little bit unhealthy. I reckon you need to get, do a bit more exercise. You need to not spend so much time in the office or in the church. You need to work out a bit too. Get some fresh air sometimes, mate. Um, and then I picture, like me, except with massive arms and hidden abs, obviously, because it would be inappropriate for you guys to see that in church. <laughs> and I picture that in my head, because, of course, I wouldn't do that, but that's, imagine I did. And I'm like, man, I'm going to oh, wait till nippers with the kids and I have to go for a swim. Wow, Pastor Steve's been working out. And I get a dopamine hit. <laughs> I've done nothing. I haven't even gone for a walk. That's how our bodies work. And so I understand our society tells, talk about it. Tell everybody. 
And we all do it. You see it. People go, oh, I've got a gym membership or I'm eating healthy or I'm going to set these goals or I'm, I just saved $10 this week and I'm going to save. And we get a dopamine hit. We post it online. This year I'm going to do this. We get all good. Like We feel good, but we do nothing. Um, it's the way our, how our world literally celebrates us just for talking about stuff. And so I just invite you, I challenge you to step out, not just talk about things. It's so easy in this world just to post a status or a picture of the beach, hashtag first run of the year, and get all the likes and get all the dopamine and feel good about it. Does that make sense too? More importantly than modern science agreeing, Jesus agrees. He says, by my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so you prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love and keep my commands. You are loved, abide in it, but keep my commands, which is love God and love each other. And you may have joy to its fullest. That's a pretty good command. Obey. Remain, obey. Hear, do, listen, act, follow, and he will form you. I'm going to give us a practical tool in a moment and then we're going to finish off, but let me just recap this morning. It's an invitation to stop. To listen. Not ask the person directly beside you, but to ask God, what have you got for me this year? And then to deliberately obey. Simple but profoundly transformative for you this year and for me. So I want to give you a little bit of a, um, a tool in a moment. But as you're looking through that tool, I want you to reflect on that first picture because it's not always easy stepping out. I want to be honest with you. You will be met with confrontation if you start living this way. And actually the following verse in this says, they will hate you. They will persecute you because of the things you're doing. You start prioritising other people, not yourself, people will think that's strange. I think in the West, we're pretty good with persecution. Who knows what will happen in the future? But right now, the worst we get is a weird look. What you're not prioritising yourself, you're prioritising your neighbour, that's strange. You're weird. If you step out in obedience to this, know that Jesus promises it'll be difficult at times. Worth it, but difficult. In fact, he promises, like Disney, except way better, that he will be the great artist. He has a vision for you, and that sometimes stepping out means a bit of a racing, as he calls it, pruning. Know that if you step out into this, you may be pruned. It may not be about doing things, it might be doing less. You need to stop that habit. That's not healthy. You need to stop that gossip. You need to stop making up things to impress people. You need to stop hanging out with that group. It's, it's affecting you in the wrong way. It might be cutting things off. He says that clear as day, pruning, erasing, but not just for fun, not for pain, but so you can develop your character. He might straighten some lines. He might use a 2B pencil instead of a, I have no other name for a pencil, but give me one. HP, HP. P, B, HB. 2B. Which one's heavier? The higher the number? He might use a 20B. (laughs) 
got to look from my teachers going, that's ridiculous. There is no 20B. Like that. He might use a 20B, thicken up those lines and erase some other stuff. He might add some colour to your life. Such is the journey you're going to take in 2023 if you grab a hold of what he's saying. Amen? I was meant to bring one up. I'm going to grab one of these and I just want to show you. I've got enough for us all. This is called a rule of life. This church has looked at it before. It's not a magic... It's, not any, it's just a tool that is quite ancient and used in the past. It's called a rule of life. And I encourage you to pick one of these up if you're serious about what we're talking about this morning, church. A rule of life is not rules for life. It's not law for life. It's more referencing a ruler. Um, it's more a measurement. And what I mean by a measurement, when you bake a cake, you don't just put random measurements in if you want that cake. If you want to look more like Jesus in 2023, it's not, I'll put a bit of that, I'll put a bit of that. It's asking him and measuring a little bit of what that looks like. Putting in some rhythms, some habits that are forming you, that are helping, helping you abide. Again, not earning. As Second Peter says, making every effort to divinely participate. And so I encourage you to have a look through that, but on the back it has this. I encourage you, if you're married, talk to your wife about this with kids. If, you, if you're by yourself, talk to yourself. Talk to God. If you're in a, I encourage you to be, talk about this in small groups, 100%, and talk about your rhythm for the year. Your habits for the year. How will you abide? No one's going to make you feel guilty. He's not disappointed if you meet, miss your prayer reading on Tuesday mornings. But at least have a plan, amen? Please hear this. The world has a plan for you. The world knows what it wants you to do on Tuesday morning. It's going to form you. One of the biggest lies is that you can choose to be a disciple. You are already a disciple of something. You're already being formed. You don't get that choice. That's why everyone that says, oh, I, no one tells me what to do, sounds exactly the same, because they're being formed. Everyone in this room is a disciple. As Christians, we get to just choose it, being a disciple of Jesus. That's our choice. And so I'm encouraging us to make that choice this year and to let Jesus disciple you. Not your colleagues, not your boss, not the world, not social media, but Jesus. Is that all right? No? Yeah, yeah, good, 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 I'm checking. So I'll give out one of those. And I just encourage you to plan your habits and your rhythms around abiding in him this year. And I'm so excited to see what God is going to do in Burley Heads Church of Christ together as we, um, as we remain in him. Cool, let me pray and we're going to sing one more song.